Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Hello, Dave Sims here at The Yoga Voice, and today I have a very amazing person in the studio with us. He's a personal development coach with a focus on holistic wellness. He's got eight years as a veteran in the Coast Guard, the father of six children, two grandchildren. He has logged over 10,000 hours teaching yoga and fitness. He's the founder of Chris Roche Wellness. So I want to welcome Chris Roche. Thanks for coming in today. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. This is really cool. Yeah. Well, let's just kind of kick it off with what I like to ask all of our guests. And listeners are, you know, really intrigued by the answers they get is what inspires you about yoga today? Oh, wow. Um, I think having been in the yoga game for over 20 years now, um, I think the thing that inspires me the most is to see how prolific it's become in terms of like a worldwide thing, not just, um, gosh, when I got back into it um, in the day, it was just, you know, stuff that uh, the hippity dippity folks did and it was super weird. And if I talked to my personal training clients about yoga, they looked at me like I was insane and you know, it's just now you go into the gym and it's pretty much every gym offers yoga, you know, a lot of corporate um, uh, on-site yoga classes. It's just everywhere. It's in the media. And I think that to me, that is incredibly exciting and inspiring to want to be a part of that and continue to be a part of it. I think there was a time when that was kind of bumming me out because it's like, you know, you find that cool thing. Nobody else is doing it. You're kind of, you know, yeah. leading edge and hip or something. And um, then you don't want everybody to know about it because, uh, you know, that's no longer cool and underground. But the reality is, you know, I look back, I'm at such a different place than I was 20 some years ago in my life. And I know what a huge um, value and what a huge piece of all that has been in, uh, from yoga. And so to think that maybe there's even one other person out there, and especially if I can be a part of that journey for them that has, you know, even... I know it sounds silly maybe, but even if they get a 10th of what I've experienced from yoga and it's one person, like it'll make it worth what I've done all these years. It's just been so transformative and powerful. And, you know, like I said, it's just been such a journey and I'm such in a different place now. I have seen yoga from my own perspective of just doing it for exercise. You know, I was doing a lot of strength training and running and ultra distance, this, that, and the other. And um, I just knew there was a lack of balance. I didn't know really what that was. And through yoga, I I kind of had an inkling that that might be something worth trying. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it was something that was just from the physical perspective, which is what a lot of people, I think, come into yoga. It's just for the physical side or stress relief or their doctor tells them they should help their back. And and that's cool because that's how I got here. You know, it wasn't because of some lofty spiritual reasons or enlightenment or or anything of that sort, you know, to help me personally in my life outside of how I felt physically and my performance. And so I was one of those people, you know, and I think sometimes in the yoga world that can be criticized, you know, like that we call it the gym yoga and stuff. Um, 
but I feel like if that's the only place a person goes with it, then that's great because it's helping them. But then you have someone like myself that sticks with it and starts to understand the deeper dimensions of yoga and finds a quality teacher that can help, you know, meet them where they are and lead them in a direction that, you know, yoga is a really powerful tool, you know, or it can be. And so, um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a long story maybe, but it's just been so transformative in my life. And, and I don't mean that just from like getting on the mat and doing some yoga, which I love to do and I love to teach. It's the other aspects, the philosophy of yoga, uh, integrating yoga into your entire life, um, over a course of time and just how impactful that is in a, in a powerful way. Um, so yeah, that, I think to me, that's, what's inspiring is, uh, there's just so many more opportunities for people to get into the yoga journey. Um, kind of like, you know, there used to be this one maybe path of kind of getting on the yoga journey. And now it's like, there's so many doors and, and on ramps to get into yoga, you know, that to me is exciting. And, so I think to be a part of that and see, okay, this is where it's been in the last 20 plus years for me. Where is it going to be in another 20 plus years? And and how the potential is there that so many people need it, our culture, our society, our country in particular, you know, um, I think it could really help a lot of people, you know, and change a lot of the the direction potentially of, um, you know, this trajectory that we're on. I right. Guess. So, yeah. Well, and it's it, you're right, our culture does need it right now. And I think that's why we're seeing this massive amount of growth because people are feeling something's missing. There's too much stress, too much busyness. And then they can go to a yoga class just about anywhere and then hopefully have a sense of something going on on their mat, a little shift, Mm -hmm. an internal thing, whether they came for that or if it's just stretching. And um, when you... So you started out um, studying, you were studying exercise science or, right. and that, what brought you to that very first yoga class? I mean, you alluded to a little bit of mm-hmm. the fitness side. Is that, you know, how did that kind of transpire? Um, yeah, I had gotten, well, yeah, just to, <laughs> don't want to get too uh, far off in the weeds with the the history of it, but you know, short version of it is that, um, yeah, the mid nineties, late nineties, um, was just starting to experience some aches and pains and limited, uh, range of motion and things. And I was still in my twenties at that time. And so, um, there was just kind of this internal, like this inner voice that was saying balance, balance, balance. And I didn't know really what that meant. Um, but I, I think I remember seeing some things about yoga in a, in a journal or magazine or something. And, and I don't know, it just kind of spoke to me. I think the Eastern stuff struck me. I remember I grew up watching like Kung Fu, you know, uh, the, the TV show and the old Kung Fu movies and, you know, all that kind of stuff and seeing Lillian Fullis on PBS. And I always thought that was kind of trippy and cool and didn't know. But anyway, I think that there was just something that resonated and I thought, yeah, I'll give that a try. But where I was living at the time, there wasn't any access to yoga, no teachers, no classes. And I found a Tai Chi class and uh, I really felt that shift of uh, just from a, a mental, physical perspective. It was really an energetic thing. I just didn't know it at the time. And uh, unfortunately, that class, well, fortunately, maybe that class dried up and I actually went to a bookstore and bought a yoga VHS tape, yeah. uh, dating myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the first time I did it, it was like some, I, I 
Don't know if I was doing anywhere near remotely correct or not, but I definitely felt something different. And since I didn't have access to classes, I did the video quite a bit. And then having the exercise science background and understanding movement mechanics and some of those things, I kind of started teaching myself a little bit. You know, I get on the mat without a video and do some of these poses I was learning and just seeing what was happening. And, um, you know, that, that was pretty powerful. I started to, you know, physically feel better. I remember turning my head to look for traffic to vert, merge onto a lane and it's like, wow, I don't have to turn my whole body now to look over my shoulder. I can just turn my <laughs> head because my neck is working right again. And uh, yeah, that was kind of what brought me into the yoga practice. And um, a couple years into it, I found uh, a teacher that I started working with. He was based out in California. And so I started doing basically like some correspondence with him and um, some online type training um, back in those days. And I went out a couple of times to visit with him. And got some hands-on experience, stay with him for a couple of days here and there. And um, yeah, and then I was teaching it uh, with my clients that I was working with. And uh, just seeing that it was beneficial and I would call it core stretching and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I, I think that from there, it just kind of evolved. I was sort of volunteered to teach a class at a gym where I was working and I'd never taught a yoga class, but I taught group training and fitness before. So I thought, what the heck, I'll try it. And I had like 30 people show up the first day and, <laughs> you know, and, and it was exciting and just, I don't know, I just fell in love with it, you know. And so I was teaching all in all for maybe two or three years. Uh, then I got into a teacher training program that was starting up in the town I was living in, uh, in Brownsburg. And I uh, went through the teacher training and, yeah, it's just kind of been a big part of what I do ever since, whether that's actually teaching uh, asana classes, uh, or if that's using the tools and the techniques and the philosophy of yoga to work with people that I'm doing more one-on-one -on -one coaching with. Um, yeah. Well, that's, um, and I, and I love the way you, you talk about asana as just a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, can you just elaborate a little on how yoga can, you know, create its, weave its way into all areas of our life or different areas of our life beyond just what we think of when someone says yoga, you think of a, a yoga pose from a, maybe a magazine cover or something mm -hmm. or twisting the body in certain ways. But you alluded to there's so much more than that and it can be such a great tool in other aspects of our life. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, I think whenever... um Whenever I step back and kind of look at it from that perspective, one of the things I see that I find really interesting is yoga means so many different things to so many people. And it doesn't matter if they've been into yoga for a short period of time or decades. And I think as a result, it can be expressed and presented in a lot of different formats and packages. You know, for some people, it's, um, you know, the bhakti yoga. Some people, it's doing chanting and so forth. And for some of us, it's asana practice. Um, and so I think it is one of those things that ultimately has the same goal in mind. But I think even then that can be interpreted in different ways, depending on what school you come from or how you interpret that. I guess what I mean by that, for me, you know, the Yoga Sutras really had an impact. That was one of the earlier texts that I was studying. And, you know, it says right out of the gates that yoga is about stilling the thought waves of the mind. Right. And... And I thought, wow, that's really powerful because I think there was this perspective I have or had where it was all about enlightenment, you know, where you would um, achieve samadhi and um, 
in some of those more lofty spiritual things mm-hmm. and um i should have asked if you can swear because i almost did so <laughs> yeah you're, you're okay <laughs> but i was like you know shit that that ain't gonna happen you know i'm in the midst of raising kids you know i now am helping between my uh wife and i we have six kids that we're raising right and a couple of grandkids and uh you know just with all that stuff and running a business and you know, having bills and debt in the house, you know, it's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to achieve that. And so like, well, then what's the point if I, and so I kind of stepped back and I thought, you know, this is, maybe that's something that is obtainable. And I think in realizing, you know, that's for those who are, they refer to in yoga as the renunciates, you know, those that kind of forsake the trappings of life and they go off and really devote themselves to that path. And I thought, well, you know, I'm a householder. That's how they refer to it in yoga. And so, you know, here's a tool that I can really use in my life. And, and I guess it was coming back to that sutra of, you know, yoga is the stealing of the thought waves of the mind. And when I look at it from that perspective, it's, it's something I can practice on the mat. And what I mean in that respect is that the way I teach yoga, it's pretty physical, you know, whether it's a hot class or vinyasa, uh, something we might hold poses for a while and it's, it's physical. Um, it's not a yin or gentle class. And so it presents an opportunity for us to examine where's my mind. I ask that question in class a lot. You know, where's my mind? Where's my mind right now? I ask my students, where's your mind? Where are you thinking about? You know, are you present? Are you freaking out or, or whatever? And it's not to judge us just to see where, where you are. And is that in alignment with where you want to be? You know, can you get to that place of calm and steady and and that sense of stillness and ease in the middle of difficulty? So it's like this thing where I, I think we learn to be calm in the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing that in the yoga mat, that has a tremendous impact on my practice that my heart rate is going to be lower. So like a physiological perspective, my heart rate's lower, my... Um, blood pressure is lower. I can hold poses longer. You know, I'm not burning off as much glycogen. So if you want to look at it just from a physical perspective, there's a tremendous benefit in calming those thought waves of the mind and mm-hmm. having some element of control over your mind and realizing that you do have that ability. And then from there, it's kind of like this realization for me that if I can do that on the yoga mat, how does that translate into my life? And so then it does, as you said, start to weave into other areas of your life. You know, you realize that you're in traffic and you're getting really stressed out and wait, it's like, well, okay, this is just like in yoga when I'm, it's hot in here and I'm sweating and my legs are burning and, yeah. you know, how much longer are we going to hold this pose, dude, you know? And so you're like, okay, well, I don't attach to that. I just observe that and I don't have to be that. It's like, I can feel these things, but I don't have to get all emotional and add drama to it. You know, it's just being in that storm as it presents itself. And, and so then it's like, wow, that's really powerful stuff. And then it starts to show up if you want it to, and you apply it, you know, then you can show up in a relationship, you know, with, uh, you know, you bring your own bullshit, you bring your own stories, you bring your own lies that you tell yourself and, uh, you know, your own insecurities that show up and, and you start to realize how that creates tension and friction and drama and collisions in your life. And instead, you can just use what you're learning on the mat, you know, and to step back and be the observer and not to be reactive and to be more conscious in your choices and directing your mind. And so I think that, you know, when you take it then from the mat and that idea of calming the mind, then how that can weave into the rest of your life. And there's really 
no separation that yoga becomes your life in a way. And mm-hmm. so then it takes on this huge magnitude or meaning in your life beyond just what's happened on the mat. And if you're open to that, then it's really powerful. So that then started to influence not just me, but how I approached work with my clients, whether it was in personal development, whether it was personal training and so forth. I could see, for example, when somebody was doing an exercise in the gym and they're starting to get close to that muscle failure, what they believe is their limit and how they would react. You know, did they welcome my assistance or do they like, no, back off, I got this because they're like, I got to do this on my own and I'm not willing to accept help. What does that say about you? Or mm-hmm. was it, I know that they could do more than what they think they can, but they tell them stories that themselves stories that this is all they got. And so it, again, it's how is it showing up for my clients and sharing that with them and it becoming very impactful or yeah, just through conversations with my clients that I was training. So I think that it then took on this whole other dimension of seeing how it was working in my life and my clients and my students. And then ultimately it kind of shaped my own philosophy of how I approach everything and where I'm at today in every facet when I work with people going forward. And my thing is I tell folks, you know, you, you can't change if you're not willing to change your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm 50 years old as of today, right? I've been, uh, having these same thoughts, these same perspectives, these same filters, these same stories, and this is where I'm at today. And if if I'm not willing to examine those things and change my perspective and open my mind and literally change my mind physiologically and from a thought perspective, then in 20 years from now, I'm going to be the same person doing the same thing over and over, you know, getting, I kind of refer to them as the karmic loops, you yeah. know, that we make these choices, we say these things, we take these actions. And you might think, man, I'm not a fan of this. I want to change that. I want to lose weight. I want to be less stressed. I want to have a healthier relationship. I'm going to do better in my business, my finances, spiritually. But if you're bringing that same mind, you're just going to get the same results. There's no hope for change. And that's why you make an effort. You might see success, but then you fall back again. And then you're oftentimes more frustrated, but then you go and you fight and you, you know, this whole try hard and give up this, all these cycles, these loops we get caught up in. Um, or we just beat our head against the wall and we work and we work and we wear ourselves out and, you know, so, um, I guess all that to say that if you're willing to examine those things and literally be willing to change your mind, then there's this huge possibility for change and you can literally create the life and the, um, the direction and kind of like what you're called to do on this planet and to serve humanity. Um, yeah. So I know that's kind of, uh, a big, um, chunk of information there but yeah that's just kind of how it went from here's chris on the yoga mat because he wants to improve his physical capacity in some way to here's how this impacted me and shaped my philosophy in my own life and then with my clients and then everything that i teach is now from that perspective Mm -hmm. well and that would explain why you have students coming back to you year after year after year (laughs) because they're because you're taking them beyond the physical what you know and it's an inside job, you know, you don't yeah. know what thoughts they're having, but, and, you know, they may share them with you, but, but at the essence of coming back is, is that speaks to that skill, skillfulness you have as a teacher and as a person practicing these principles mm-hmm. off the mat into the rest of your life. And, um, yeah, and I like the example of the traffic. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I think one that, we all can relate to at some level, um, choosing, am I going to, how am I going to react? 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I heard you saying is we get to look at how are we reacting mm-hmm. and slowing the mind down enough to notice that. Um, I think that speaks to what, what's the old saying that, um, uh, the only thing consistent on a spiritual path is change. Yeah. <laughs> and what's true. the one thing we resist the most in life? The big C word is I call it, right? Yeah, change. <laughs> exactly. So, right on. um, yeah, that makes sense why why you have the following that you do. And it's exciting what how you're evolving. And it doesn't really sound like, it sounds like it's always kind of been your philosophy to take this holistic approach. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess maybe it's becoming more refined at yeah. this point. Yeah, is that a better word maybe? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think with that, it's, I kind of think of it in this term as well that, you know, life will test you. That's why I tell people all the time. Life will test you. It's just a matter of when it's going to show up and what magnitude. And so I feel like a big part of our journey is to practice and to prepare, you know, because then when those tests show up, how are you going to do? You know, are you going to be prepared and in a sense pass the test or not? And then eventually you have to retake the exam, right? Uh-huh. And I think there was a time... Well, I know there was a time after I really got into the yoga practice and, you know, I think that I got a little complacent and I got a little bit off tangent on the direction I was really should be going in. And I think there was a time where I was just um, starting to tell myself stories, you know, and you get a little complacent, a little lazy in that and you start to dig these holes and maybe you realize that maybe you don't, but then you start to dig a hole and, and a lot of times when we're starting to dig these holes, because so what I mean by that is, you know, you're, you know, you're on this track and you are wanting to improve yourself. You're wanting to be showing up in your life in a certain way. And then as you have experiences, relationships, and for me, relationship, marriage at the time and business and so forth, um, you start to make decisions that aren't true to that calling, that aren't true to yourself. And so you start to give up a little bit of yourself and make choices that are just, you feel like, well, that's just a little compromise or, and then it makes it easier to make bigger compromises. The next thing you know, you're really kind of off course. And that's where I found myself. It's like, I thought I really had it going on. And as a result, you know, I, I basically found myself in a, in a situation personally and professionally where I was in my heart and completely, um, unsatisfied. And, uh, that led to kind of making more bad choices basically and digging the hole deeper and deeper and not really applying what I knew, um, as well. And I feel like it was kind of setting me up for the next test that was coming up. I just didn't uh, see it coming. So really what I think, um, trying to see how to best share the story because it's pretty intense for me because it's like, I thought I was at a certain place in my life in yoga and I was kind of seeing the future and I was a little bit on cruise control and, but I wasn't happy. Like I knew in my heart, I saw where I was going to be at, in my seventies and eighties. And I was going to look back and feel like, man, I really messed up here. I really made a lot of choices and lived a life that really wasn't what I was supposed to live. And and I wasn't happy in that life where I was going to be. And I could see that coming. So you know, instead of doing the right thing, if that's the right word, of being honest and dealing with my shit and and really um, practicing what I was preaching, uh, I, I just kept going along with it, you know. And ultimately, uh, as I like to share with people, 
I don't share it often, but basically I pretty much burned my life to the ground. <laughs> I did some drastic stuff, left my marriage and left the business I built from the ground up. And, and I really found myself uh, rock bottom. You know, I, I, in the process of that, I ended up basically being homeless, living with my friends for a year and family and, um, you know, not really much in the way of income. And, uh, I was a, you know, I was at a rock bottom place and it was a moment where, um, it was like, I just want to give up, you know, like this was too much to deal with. And, um, you know, I was dealing with some legal issues and potential of going to prison over these stupid things. And yeah, it was just a real shit show, you know? And I'm like, here, I'm supposed to be this guy that's been teaching this stuff and showing people how to live their best life and be healthy and do yoga and meditate. And I'm like, yeah, I thought I was doing all that, but clearly I was <laughs> mistaken. <laughs> um, you know, and so what, what I think the, the point of it all is, is that, um, that inner voice that I've been cultivating, you know, the ability to listen and instead of going the route of, uh, numbing myself out and sedating and man, I wanted to drink and do all these other stuff, but I, I didn't, you know, I, um, I was seeing a counselor for a couple of times. They offered, you know, some antidepressants, anti-anxiety. I'm not opposed to that, but I was like, I just got to feel this. I need to feel it. I got to deal with it. You know, like this is my opportunity to really make a change, you know, and, I kind of heard this, literally heard this voice say, put up or shut up. Mm. I was like, well, what does that mean? And I kept hearing that over and over. And so like for a few days later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been talking this talk, but I haven't been walking the walk, you know, and I could continue to sit in this mess and maybe continue then to tell myself these stories and lies or I can deal with my stuff, you know? And so it was like, all right, the next thing I heard is you've got the tools. You already know what to do. You just aren't doing it. I'm like, okay, I got it. So it was an ugly process. It took a couple of years, you know, to dig out of that, but it was kind of um, really this applying what I knew um, and the tools that I had and being real and being honest and showing up, uh, you know, because I was really good at like putting on the happy face and telling people what they wanted to hear and cheering them on. And, you know, on the inside, I feel like I'm a fraud, you know, I'm like yeah. for a time there, it was just, uh, I just really felt, um, empty on the inside and, and kind of ashamed of myself for doing that. But, you know, it was just, I didn't know how to get out of it. So in fact, you invited me to come back and teach yoga at city yoga. And at first I was like, uh, no, I'm not, no, <laughs> not where I'm at. And, and, you know, what I've been through and I don't want anything to do with any of this. Cause I'm just a big fraud, you know? And, and I just made the decision. It was a conscious decision. It's like, you know what? I have this opportunity. I'm at rock bottom. You can't go any lower. Like I, and I would wake up and think, man, my life can't get any worse the next day. Something I'm like, okay, I'm not <laughs> going to say that anymore, but I can't imagine how it could get worse, but maybe it could. Um, and so I just thought, you know, I'm, I, it's time to show up and it's time yeah. to start being real and being honest and telling the truth and telling people how I feel and stop telling people what they want to hear just to make them feel better, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and through that process, it was, it was yoga, I guess is the point. Um, I don't know if that was very clear on that, but how all this transpired, but it was basically hitting rock bottom, listen to that inner voice. I cultivated the ability to hear it through meditation, through yoga, through all the practices and ultra marathons and everything else. Like I had that capacity. So I started listening and I started following that, you know, and I started, it wasn't like I was on the yoga mat every day. It was just the philosophy. It was the lifestyle. It was applying this stuff and, and not repeating the same patterns and getting out of those karmic loops, you know, and creating a new reality. And I saw in my mind where I wanted to be, like, this is where I was here. I'm at rock bottom. 
you know, burned everything to the ground. And now what do I want to create from here? What's that going to look like? Is it just going to be more of the same or are you going to do something different? You know, and so I just took those tools that I had and I envisioned what I wanted my life to look like. And then I just started making the choices to move in that direction. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It's been really a four-year process to get here, but I feel like I'm living like my best life. Yeah. You know, I'm not driving Lamborghinis and Ferraris and living in mansions, but that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the sense of contentment. I feel genuine. I feel authentic. I feel passionate about what I do. I love my students. Um, you know, I'm, my life is pretty awesome. You know, it's everything I wanted it to be and really more than what I could have envisioned. Um, but I guess, again, um, to me, that that all comes back to changing your mind. And it's about telling the truth. It's all the things you learn from yoga beyond the mat, you know, with the philosophy and um and just being authentic, you know, and, and I think that's something that yoga teaches you how you can be vulnerable. You know, I was afraid to be vulnerable. I wasn't telling anybody how I felt, you know, yeah. I was, you know, I was on the church board. I was working with my minister and all these people that met with me, but I wasn't telling the truth. You know, I was just, I couldn't, man. You know, I just felt so embarrassed and, you know, and so I, some people that's not anything they might ever have to deal with, but it can be that they're, maybe they have success in their life, you know, married, house, cars, whatever, bank account, but they're, they're not feeling content. You know, there's this gnawing inside them or this voice, you know, or there's some people are just not satisfied or, um, you know, not where they feel like they should be. I mean, there's just all levels of right. suffering as they call it. And, um, the reality is I think if you don't address those things, then, you're probably going to end up somewhere close to where I was, mm -hmm. maybe not so bad or maybe even worse. And I think that yoga gives you the tools. It gives you the opportunity to make a different choice and to change your life if you want, but ultimately to find satisfaction in the things that really matter, you know, relationships and connection and service and love and peace. And, you know, man, that's like better than any fancy car you could drive, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, for me, that's what drives me now. And I know we talked recently about doing what I do and I just have diff such a different perspective now. And as I shared with you before, it it's not about me, you know, mm -hmm. for so long it was about me. It was part of my income. It was about feeling cool or I don't know, just, you know, Hey, I'm going around the region teaching workshops and blah, blah, blah. And, and like, I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. You know, I just realized like this stuff, it saved my life. Really. It did. I mean, there was times I didn't even know if I wanted to continue on, you know, and all this stuff, it's just really what changed my life, what saved my life. And, and I thought, well, if that can help somebody else on some level, then like you asked me to come back and teach. And that's been the whole part of this process too. And, and got me to where I am now where I'm like, yeah, I'll do this stuff without paying me if you want. You know, I mean, I'll just show up because I want to help people. And if it even helps them a little bit, like would it help me, um, then I'm all in. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, that, that's you know, a lot. <laughs> it's, it's really an incredible description of living yoga, you know. Oh, thanks. And <clears throat> I think you mentioned the Yoga Sutras and it talks about asana or the, <clears throat> excuse me, the physical practices very little. Mm-hmm. So what's the all the rest of it? Well, that's what you described, like oh, the thanks. philosophy <laughs> of living it and and that, you know, not to use a worn out analogy, but that, you know, phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Yeah. That's the whole idea that sometimes we just have to, you know, hit rock bottom yeah. and realize it. And the thing that struck me as you were sharing that 
that wonderful story of transformation is about feeling it. And that that's the inside job, I think, mm -hmm. where you had a conscious decision to feel it. Like, I, I want to I be aware, fully aware, inside out, what's going on. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's, you know, what's missing a lot in our, our cultures is we numb out. Yeah. And we don't all, you know, I'm in recovery. Not everybody, you know, goes into addiction like I did, but we get caught up in a steady numbing that's very monotonous. And it might be working all the time. It might be shopping all the time. It might mm -hmm. be doing service all the time and neglecting yourself and family. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these different things we can do in our culture to numb out from not really living fully and 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 not really being conscious of our present you know you know feeling of being present and and our culture rewards that like yeah. oh look at him he comes early and stays late every day mm -hmm. and <clears throat> what a great committed employee <laughs> or owner or whatever yeah. and so you know i heard a lot of you stepping back and looking at the whole picture which I think is, you know, really what the philosophy and, and you know, mindful living, <clears throat> which, you know, mindfulness has become kind of a buzzword out there Yeah. in the last several years. But what does that mean about just being present, right? Mm -hmm. And all those things you described. And one other thing that struck me, one of my teachers talks about, and he he travels all around the world. He's from southern India. <clears throat> He's got a you know, pretty, pretty big presence out there in the yoga community and then um, some ecology stuff and taking care of the planet. And, and his philosophy is about, he, he wants, he feels like he's a joyful being. <clears throat> Sorry. Ah. The idea of being a joyful being is, is what brings him to travel and go 20 hours a day sometimes mm -hmm. teaching. And the thing he observed, and not in a judgmental way, is he looked at the West, you know, America and really developed countries, recognizing that our quality of life and standard of living is higher in any time in the history of civilization. And... He works with CEOs and he works with, you know, the, the, this, the everyday person. Mm -hmm. And the level of unhappiness he sees traveling out in America with, with all this abundance, <clears throat> there's this underlying um, sadness or uh, feeling of incompleteness mm -hmm. and just a, a, a little unhappiness that's pervasive through our culture. And it's a vicious cycle. I mean, mm -hmm. it feeds the advertising that says, buy this and you'll feel better. Yeah. Do this and you'll, you'll be successful and you'll feel whole. Or, or, you know. So it's interesting <clears throat> that you're taking this holistic view to the work you're doing with students and clients in a real way, not in a, a manufactured or... Uh, superficial way. Mm. So I, I think that's really cool. And I think it's super needed, you know, right now for people to 
then maybe they've been coming to the gym for a couple of years when they plateau mm-hmm. and you are the person that can see they could move beyond this if they just start turn inward. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's like such a valuable thing to be looking at. Um, yeah. You know, I think the, for me, um, I just have such a different perspective on all of it because I felt like I could see those things in myself and other people before, but I really wasn't at that time capable or willing to go there with myself or other people, you know, and yeah, we sedate, you know, in different ways. So we don't have to deal with our stuff or we can continue with the stories, you know, and we, um, so I feel like this experience I went through is back in 2015 is when it really all kind of, uh, transpired or came to a head as it were. And, I feel like through that, I was able to, in a sense, pass that test um, because now I have such a comfort level in all that now. It doesn't freak me out. You know, it doesn't freak me out to talk about it. Used to, I I haven't talked about this much. It's just something I'm starting to share with people because I was embarrassed about it and everything else. And, um, but now it's kind of like, I'm not ashamed of that. You know, it's something I went through and I'm in some respects proud of it because, you know, I'm not proud of how things happen but I'm appreciative and proud of how I dealt with it at the end of the day and um, what I learned through that. And so, you know, I say I passed the test, but I also realized there's more to come, you know, for as long as I'm alive, there's going to be another one somewhere down the right. road. And so I want to continue to be present and prepared and following my vision and my calling. And I think that is so crucial to being ready for those kinds of things and not being afraid to do the work. The other part of it is I, feel like my ability to see that in other people is crystal clear. I call it my superpower. (laughs) Like I can spot it a mile away. I mean, I used to, I could smell it, but I wasn't really sure. And I was always, you know, really afraid of going there with people or offending them or something. Realizing now that was just like a real disservice to them and to my gifts and to my, you know, calling. So yeah, now it's like, I can spot that a mile away. I can call people on it in a way that's not judgmental. You know, I can't judge anybody for anything after Mm -hmm. all the stuff I've done and been through. And so I can just have compassion and understanding and say, you know, I've been there. Maybe it's been worse for me, maybe not so bad or, or whatever. And that's not to be comparative, but it's just to say, I can understand, I relate and I can help you know, and I want to help. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And it's why I have some projects in the works right now and why I've really restructured and to use a Western term, rebranded some things in the last year, especially is because I want to help. And I know that I can see these things. And I know that there's people out there that need it and that are ready for it and willing to embrace help or seek it out. And I just want to be out there and available for those that connect with me, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through classes or my website, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, and if they're ready and and they're willing to um, do the work, then I'm all in. Right. Well, that coming from that place of compassion, you know, I think when you, you know, you're coming from a place of the heart, you reach the heart and and people, people sense that and end with they're ready, then they know you're the guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, so talk a little bit about your projects coming up. You, okay. you mentioned you, you're, you're going into a, uh, well, just, yeah, describe the program. Cool. Yeah. So, um, my brand, as it were, I started after, uh, kind of getting back into the, the wellness game was, uh, just Chris Roach wellness. So that's just the brand, I guess. But, um, the direction I'm moving in now, I want to be able to impact as many people as possible um, that are interested and ready. And so I'm moving more into an online uh, platform. So 
I have an online course um, that I will be coming out hopefully in mid-June, maybe mid-July or thereabouts. Uh, we can talk about how to find out more about that. But um, it's it's presented as a meditation challenge, but it's really taking a lot of the things that I learned uh, and presenting it in a 21-day challenge to people to kind of them create the headspace and give them the tools that they need to kind of get moving in the direction and ultimately maybe just through that 21 days and those tools to get the answers they need and the clarity and the vision that they need and how to move in that direction or if they want to then go deeper with me I'm more than happy to do that with folks but I want to be available to people no matter where I don't want to be limited by geography basically and I also don't want to be limited by time meaning that if I can I can only help one person at a time that's great but if I can help 50 people at a time or 10 people or whatever that is, you know, I want that to be a possibility. So, yeah, I've got an online course coming out in the next month or so. Um, well, yeah, mid-June, mid-July, thereabouts. And uh, then I have beyond that some other courses I will be creating that will kind of build off of that. Um, and then, of course, if people want to work with me remotely through Skype and FaceTime and tools like that, um, you know, technology these days is amazing. Back in the day when I was doing online online training, it was uh, sending things through snail mail, you know, printing out a, a binder and sending it off or maybe an email exchange. And that was about it. But now it's we're kind of unlimited in that regard. And so I'm trying to leverage those tools and learn the technology. And fortunately, they've made platforms that make it easier for dummies like me to use the technology and and leverage that in order to help as many people as possible. And um, yeah, so I think that's kind of what my passion is, what my calling is. And I always know it's the right thing because even talking about it like this with you, I leave feeling like insanely energized and uh, never like drained and working on these projects, whether it's waking up at four in the morning to work on it, I'm just like high as a kite the rest of the day because I'm so excited about it, yeah. you know, and and yeah. So between that and the support of my family and, and everything I have going on, you know, I just refer to it as my best life because that's kind of what I feel like I'm living these days. So, yeah, if people want to connect with me. ChrisRoachWellness.com is my uh, website. Um, it's currently under construction, but they can still get on my email list and get notifications as things arise. And I'll be putting it out there um, on a bigger scale, let people know how to get involved in uh, whether that's with the 21 day challenge to kind of uh, help them, quote, change their mind. Um, that would be one option if they want to, <clears throat> excuse me, join me for classes at City Yoga. A couple times a week I'm here. They can check out the schedule. Uh, shoot me an email, chris at chrisroachwellness.com. Uh, call me. Uh, my, site, my phone number's on the website. Yeah, I'm just, however people want to connect, reach out because uh, I'm, I'm really wanting to help out. All right. Well, we'll definitely, we'll include all your contact info on the uh, podcast notes and the details. The, um, and like you mentioned too, people can find you at a class here at City mm -hmm. Yoga. Uh, I should mention too, you do amazing work with our yoga teacher training program and, and I know people connect with you there and the, the, the value added nature of your teaching is such, you know, incredible experience that people, it has an impact, um, on all, all, all walks of people on their yoga journey. So thanks. That uh, really means a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I know our, our listeners have, listeners have enjoyed hearing you from all, all around the globe. And, you know, we have a pretty big audience in the Midwest and, and, a larger audience even beyond you know the beauty of technology that yeah. you mentioned today is that we can have these voices that 
these voices of transformation and compassion and and really progressive teaching mm-hmm. uh, really spread rapidly. And, you know, there's a place for our listeners to be sure and comment or and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear more of what's going on from our little studio in the Midwest. <laughs> and and thank you all for listening. And thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. Ah, one more I thing. I got one more thing. Um, I held this to the very end. Uh, I agreed to do this podcast, but I'm going to challenge you or ask you to let me interview sometime to be the host or the, to be the guest on your podcast because I, th- I know – you have an amazing story to share, and I want to make sure listeners hear that, either me interviewing you or someone, or you just sharing it in front of the mic, because I, I would love to have that story out there for people, too. Oh, all right. All right, brother. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll commit <laughs> in front of everybody. Right on. All right. It. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Love you, man. Thank you. I love you, too, man.